Well, hey there, church family. It's good to gather with you today, even though this isn't the way we had intended to do it. We were up very early this morning and late last night trying to make decisions about how to handle the storm that's come through. And we did decide very early this morning, as you know, uh, not to have our regular services. So thank you for being patient with us. I still wanted just to bring this video to you today, just to encourage you as we're going through our 40 days of prayer. I wanna share with you sort of a distilled version of some of the content from the sermon that I was gonna be preaching to you today. And uh, we'll make up the rest of it maybe on uh, next week, but let's just dig in together. Let me welcome you to the little studio that we created uh, in our home. Uh, I may or may not be wearing pajama pants, uh, here's the beauty of doing it this way. If I'm going too long, you can fast forward me. If you need me to stop so you can take a break or refill your coffee cup, just hit pause. Uh, but I want to just share with you about 15 minutes uh, of, of the message here today as we talk about uh, our 40 days of prayer. And so this has been the theme that we've been going through in this new year, uh, the theme of reawakening to Christ. We want to pursue his presence the aim of this 40-day focus is to fix our gaze on Jesus. We want to remember who he is. We want to remember what he's done. We want to remember what he's given us to do and what he's going to do in the future. And so I hope that you're going through the devotionals. If, if you haven't started on that, it's not too late to begin to pick up on those six weeks of devotionals to help you pray intentionally uh, over these 40 days. Uh, last week, we talked about reawakening to the glory of Christ. And uh, today I want to bring you a message called Reawakening to the Life, Death, and Resurrection of Christ. And our heart is Ephesians 5.14. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ is going to shine on you. And so uh, I, I want to invite you to uh, look in your Bibles with me today in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So I'm going to go ahead and read verses 7 through 10, and then also verses 16 to 18 with you today. So go ahead and turn your Bibles there. We're going to share this scripture with you. And it says, as Paul writes, we have, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Note the notion, the notion of life and death and all of these things. We're going to focus in today, re, uh, reawakening to the life and death and resurrection of Christ. Uh, skip ahead and read along with me in verses 16 and following where it says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. May God add blessing to the reading of his word this morning. And uh, as we uh, lean into this, I actually just want to begin with a question. And I think this is in many ways the key question for this message. If we are to reawaken to the life and death and resurrection of Christ, the question is this, how do you stay grounded? How do you stay anchored? How do you stay stable? Especially when you are probably aware, as I am, that life is fragile 
We feel our own fragility. We feel our own instability at times. And also, we know that the storms of life can be really rough. I want to show you a picture here that I think captures that picture very well, uh, that statement very well. Uh, this is a French lighthouse with a, the storms raging all around it. I note that the lifeguard uh, or the, the lighthouse keeper is standing right there in the door. I would probably jump inside uh, if I were him. But that picture in many ways uh, shows just a powerful image of stability in the midst of kind of the storms of life and fragility. So I want you to think about this. A Christian must learn how to anchor themselves. Uh, if we're going to allow Jesus to help us weather the storms of life, we're going to anchor ourselves in Christ, in his life, in his death, in his resurrection. And so specifically, as we awaken to these things, I'm going to call you today to pray this week, Lord, I'm, I'm praying to anchor myself in the life and death and resurrection of Christ. And so that's what we're going to do here today. So the, the first point here as we unpack this is... What does it look like for us to understand reawakening to the life of Christ, the incarnate Christ? This is the earthly life of Emmanuel. Okay. Hebrews actually says it this way, and this is sort of powerful. It says, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. This is the earthly life of Emmanuel. He was made like us. And one of my favorite moments of the year is when we have the opportunity to light the Christ candle in our Advent services. What a beautiful opportunity that is for us to remember. Christ came to be like us. This connects him to us relational, relationally. He actually calls us brothers. He calls us children of God. Jesus' earthly life connected him with our own sufferings and with our own weakness. And this is really powerful for us because if, when we anchor ourselves in the life of Christ, we're remembering that he knows what it's like to do this, to do this thing in this life together. Um, how does this, but how do I keep myself anchored in Christ? Here, here's the question. How do I anchor myself to the life of Christ? And I think the critical thing is that we don't just talk about it, we don't just learn about it, but we actually do it. In prayer this week, I want to encourage you to take time to simply say, Lord, I anchor myself in the life of Christ. Why is this important? Because as we learn to pray this way, we learn that when we are facing uncertainty or trouble or fear, we are assured that Jesus is sympathetic in our weakness, and he is perfectly comfortable in walking alongside us in our trials. Beautiful passage from Psalm 34. Let me share this with you real quickly. It says this, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Uh, this, this is what it means when we say we are anchoring ourselves in the life of Christ. We are understanding that he understands us. He understands our weakness. He understands our difficulty. The second thing that we're going to look at today is anchoring ourselves in the, the suffering Christ, the sacrificial Christ, the suffering servant. Uh, Hebrews 9 uh, says it this way. It says, so Christ was sacrificed 
once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. You know, this is the this is the kind of amazing thing that when we anchor ourselves not only in the life of Christ, but we say as Christians, we anchor ourselves in the death of Christ. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain, Paul said, right? So when we anchor ourselves in the death of Christ, here's what we're essentially saying. We believe that Jesus was actually accomplishing something in his sacrifice that goes to the deepest need of humanity. Now, how does this, how, how does praying, Lord, I want to be anchored in the death of Christ. I, I would encourage you to pray that not only the life of Christ, but the death of Christ. As you pray that this week, what does that do? It means that because of the finished work of Jesus, our future is actually more certain than our present. When we face uncertainty in the here and now, Christians have the privilege of letting our future give us hope for the present. I know what it is like to feel the storms of life around me right now. I know that you know what that is like. When we, when we pray, Lord, anchor me in the death of Christ, we actually are seeing that we have a future hope uh, uh, that, that gives us hope in the present. Uh, if you want me to illustrate this for you scripturally, just look at Hebrews th- uh, 12. What a, what a powerful picture this is. Let us run with perseverance, a race marked out for us. We've got to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Look at verse 3. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. You see, when you focus on the sacrifice of Christ, the death of Christ, the finished work of Christ, it actually gives us hope when we remember him, when we focus on him. And so as we pray, we pray, Lord, we want to be identified with the life of Christ. We want to be anchored in the death of Christ as well. And then the last one, of course, is is the resurrected Christ. Uh, We want to be uh, anchored in his resurrection. Look at this wonderful quote Uh, from J.C. Ryle. He says it this way. He says, the resurrection of Christ is one of the foundation stones of Christianity. It was the seal of the great work that he came on earth to do. It was the crowning proof that the ransom he paid for sinners was accepted. The atonement for sin accomplished. The head of him who had the power of death bruised and the victory won. This is the finished work of Jesus. We preach this all the time. We talk about what it means to fall into the finished work, finished work of Christ, where we are not striving on our own, but relying on what he has done for us. So when we feel alone in our troubles, we need to remember that Jesus Christ is our guide. He's our coming king. He guides us through the ministry of his Holy Spirit. As our coming king, he reminds us that he will make right those wrongs which we incur and which transpire in our world. So all of this, as we as we identify with the resurrection, we pray into the resurrection. We say, Lord, I'm anchoring myself in the resurrection of Christ. We are embracing all of this. I, I'd like to just give you this little challenge as we wrap up. The challenge is this. When you feel the storms of life, and when you feel kind of your own fragility, I wonder if in prayer we might learn better what it means to allow those trials to push us toward Christ instead of drive us away from him. 
I talk to many people who talk about their faith really struggling when they're under attack and everything like that. I get frustrated with myself when I find that my, you know, my, my uh, difficulties, my storms can tend to push me away from Christ instead of drawing me closer to his heart. So I started thinking about this, like, what, what, is this, what does this mean? Well, when life is about me, I'm actually in for a bit of a world of hurt. I get angsty, I get tired, I get lethargic. You probably do the same thing. You feel like family isn't giving you what you need. Your job may feel frustrating. Uh, you feel lonely. You feel scared. You don't like the direction the world is heading. The church begins to feel disappointing to us. See, when it's all about us, we run into a world of hurt on almost every turn. But your life isn't supposed to be anchored in you. And that's the hope of this message. That's the reawakening to the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. Your life isn't supposed to be anchored in you. We anchor ourselves in Christ, in his life, his death, his resurrection. It's about him. And when we have that mindset, we actually find that the pains of this life, the storms of this life, become the light and momentary troubles that Paul describes in 2 Corinthians and that we read at the beginning of this message. So I want to encourage you to pray this week. And I want to pray for you right now. Lord, I would ask that you would help us to understand what it is to be anchored in the life of Christ, to be anchored in the death of Christ, to be anchored in the resurrection of Christ. Help us to do that while we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, we love you. Have a great week. We look forward to seeing you soon. Trust that God will be leading you well as you continue in this 40 days of prayer. God bless you.